0: Today, our guest is a product owner at Shape, the co-founder of TechPod, a community of students aspiring to break into the business side of the tech industry, the podcast host of Why Behind X, and the current student at the University of Michigan. Well, Joseph Choi, welcome to our podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah,
2: thanks so much. All right. Well, just to get started, we wanted to get a sense of what it takes to go to the University of Michigan. So what do you think made you stand out for Michigan?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I think that my approach to Michigan was, I was very undecided, like what I wanted to do. I had really no idea. I had been, I had done like a couple AP classes here and there. Um, I was interested in computer science, um, some like environmental science and kind of just every, a little bit of everything. Um, and my essays, I mainly talked about just the fact that I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> and the fact that I, I kind of just wanted to—I um, had this like, goal of like helping other people, and um, I had been doing, um, you know, that that kind of thing through various means and different like organizations and clubs and activities in high school, and I just kind of talked about all those different things and how they related to helping people and how I felt like Michigan would really help me to achieve those goals and. you know the broader goal of helping people and um, and if you if you want to go into like stats and stuff like my SAT and stuff was like pretty good Um, I would say my grades were like okay but not like amazing I think what made me stand out the most was probably the extracurriculars um, if I had to guess I mean of course like applications are holistic and everyone talks about how you know you can never really know how you got in but I would say probably uh, the extracurriculars I was in boy scouts I was in like robotics club and
0: yeah and what stood out to you about Michigan that really wanted uh, made you want to apply
1: yeah um, I think that Michigan was really cool because it was just very big um, I think I came from a high school that I don't know I I never quite felt like I was able to explore like who I was and like quite fully be myself maybe it has something to do with like being asian i don't know if any anyone else <laughs> out there relates in the audience but like or youtube you might might be able to relate but um yeah i think like i sort of wanted a place that was really really big uh and somewhat diverse so that i could like because there's so many different like communities and like sub communities when the population is so big and i definitely found my community at michigan um that was one of my big goals, at like going to college. I just wanted to, you know, learn more about the world and here, uh, meet, meet different kinds of people. And I think, you know, Michigan has something like 40, 50,000 undergraduate students. So uh, it was definitely a place that I felt like I would be able to, you know, find my community.
2: So was your uh, goal always to go to Michigan or were there other schools you were also looking into that could satisfy your needs?
1: Yeah, there were there are a few. Um, I looked at a lot of different like big state schools. So my I'm from Philadelphia, which is in Pennsylvania. And um, Pennsylvania has a bunch of big state schools like I applied to Pitt, um, Pittsburgh University, I applied to Penn State. Um, uh, I applied to UIUC, which is Illinois, uh, another big state school similar to Michigan. Um, And of course, I applied to my reach, which was Cornell, which I did not get into. So that was my reach. Uh, Michigan was like, uh, you know, my second choice. Um, and then all the other state schools were like were great choices as well. Um, but I, I kind of like had an attach- attachment to Michigan because I felt like, um, I, I was actually born in Michigan. So I, I kind of had that attachment already.
0: And many top universities consider character when admitting students. And you mentioned before that you'd like to help other people. And we were wondering what type of failures or hardships um, have you endured that have built up your character prior to applying to college?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, I, I think that I'm like, objectively speaking, um, I'm very privileged just like to be an American, first of all, like to be born in the US and to be born into a family that was like very supportive of my education and, and all that. So I don't think, You know, obviously, like disclaimer, I don't think I've been through like legitimate. um, uh, Well, okay, I'll rephrase that. My hardships, I think, are legitimate. But I think, you know, just objectively speaking, it would be kind of lying to say that, you know, I've had like a super hard life. Um, But I think there are definitely failures um, that I've been through that have built character um, and just like other like difficult things. I think Boy Scouts might have been one of them. I think Boy Scouts like really taught me um, just like discipline and um, sort of hardship because you, you, you go out and like survive in the woods and, you know, you go on camping trips and you, um, you just like do hard work and like people, there's like a very rigid structure, like people are kind of like, um, you know, you just have to do what has to be done, um, you know, cooking and cleaning and just surviving, packing up tents and stuff. So like that was, that was one aspect that taught me, Like the importance of just, yeah, basically just doing what needs to get done. Um, But in terms of like failures, I guess, hmm, it's a good question. I would say that um, earlier on in in like K through 12, I, I was always like not very good at reading, writing, and like social studies. And I think my teachers always like really encouraged me like oh you're good at math and science and you know I always like got promoted into those like higher classes in math and science like um throughout high school and reading and writing ha- had always been uh, more of a struggle for me so I think that was something that um that was definitely like sort of like a character builder like helped um as I've been through college um I guess I guess your your, your question is like before college but um, like recognizing your strengths and weaknesses is probably one aspect that kind of just makes you, keeps your ego in check, I guess, <laughs> keeps you humble.
2: How do you think being an Eagle Scout has shaped you as a person? Because you mentioned it earlier, we wanted to um, elaborate further on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think starting in middle school, I was really interested in just environment. Um, I, always lo- I always like turned off lights and like tried to save water and like recycle things and um, and like a project that I did in middle school is like creating um, like my own garden and then like I had a group of friends and we, we like created this unofficial like garden club where we just like grew our own vegetables in our backyards and um, that that experience kind of led me to want to it just made me a lot more interested in the environment and um just sustainability and eventually that led me to um wanting to create an eagle project uh which is like the final like big assignment that you have to do to earn the the rank of eagle scout um and that that project was um replacing all of the or putting uh the like do not or no dumping signs in the um you know like the storm drains and you have those like no dumping signs um and Mm -hmm. there's like a little picture of a fish and it's like makes you feel bad because if you dump it you'll like kill the fish so like I I basically did that it was a lot of like logistical work and just like planning out all the drain systems in in my township and like I basically replaced all of those uh like stickers in in the township so that was like um I, I think that experience was a lot of it it kind of like forced you to grow up a little bit because um before that like everything was just kind of like done for you like even homework like they tell you exactly how to do things but I think the eagle project was one of the first times where I just had to figure out like how the heck am I going to put put like storm drain stickers on all the storm drains like where do you even get the stickers Mm -hmm. how do I get approval from this from the township so I had to like go on the 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 township like website and like find who to email I emailed that guy and he was like I just I was just like hey I'm like an eagle stu- I'm a I'm a Boy Scout and I want to do this project how do I how do I do it and um like he helps me a lot with it but um yeah even just like reaching out to people uh by email was like something that like, was super scary for me because it's, it's it's like so uncertain it's so unknown um. And that I think that definitely helped me to build just, uh, I guess, confidence in like leader, which is like an aspect of leadership. Um, and um, yeah, like being okay with the unknown and being okay with the possibility of people saying no to you.
2: Yeah, we've definitely had experience with um, emailing people and contacting people and connecting. So I think um, these things are definitely very important for us later in life into our career and beyond. But it also takes a lot of time and effort. So when you were in high school, how much um, of a commitment did you have to put towards Boy Scouts on a weekly basis?
1: Yeah, good question. I guess it was about um mm, we had our weekly meetings so we had our like weekly troop meetings that was like two hours but then like behind the scenes you have to like earn your merit badges and do your volunteering hours so that probably added up to probably like five I don't know maybe about five hours a week and then camping trips were like every couple weeks or every month so those were like you know weekends or like week-long trips so it was a pretty significant chunk. I would say that Boy Scouts is probably the biggest time commitment um, that I had in high school.
0: And you mentioned to us before the interview that you were also accepted into Carnegie Mellon's pre-college AP program, and you earned college credit in high school. Um, so we're wondering, how do you think you stood out to, uh, as an applicant for this program?
1: Um, yeah, yeah that 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 was a that was a good experience. I basically. Yeah, the Carnegie Mellon APEA program was basically just you you take college classes while you're in high school and you like get to meet other um, high school students on the campus um, who are also in the program. So that was fun. Like I just to, to stand out to get in, I guess. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it was just talking about uh, the stuff that I <laughs> like this very similar stuff to what i talked about in my college essays except by by the time i had applied to college i was an eagle scout and before that i was not an eagle scout but i was still in boy scout so i was doing similar things so i was able to just talk about volunteering i think like like the classic like cliche essay to talk about is like your volunteer trip where you where you like helped people and you learned the value of service and stuff like that and like it's it's a it's always a safe way to get into things and just talk about service um but like if you're if you're genuinely passionate about it 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 like that passion definitely shows I feel like that's the most important thing just like actually caring about what you do like um like my younger brother he's in high school right now and he's playing saxophone he's not like the leader of anything but he just like genuinely loves saxophone and that has gotten like he's able to write about that like super like I can tell when he writes about it it's so genuine so I, I mm-hmm. feel like that's the most important thing just like really loving something and then like that that authenticity just kind of like shines through automatically when you write about it so for me that was Boy Scouts and like service and like helping the environment uh, but for other people it, it could be something else
2: Yeah, we've definitely heard a lot from other people we've interviewed as well, how important authenticity and passion are in our application essays. But I think this is still something that um, is very difficult for high schoolers to really communicate. So in terms of the more objective parts, how would you break down um, the structure and content of application essays?
1: Yeah, actually, I could talk a lot about this. I feel like I feel like my college essays were pretty bad, to be completely honest. Like, they don't really reflect how 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 I think right now. Like, my essays, I talked about, like, environmentalism and helping people and stuff. But I, I think for some reason, like, high school and, like, the whole education system in general kind of prepares you for a certain type of writing, which is... Like academic writing, right? It's like a the five paragraph research paper, um, which is a valuable thing to learn just to learn like the structure, but for like a personal narrative, like I don't like personally, I never really learned how to write a personal narrative until it was time to write one for college applications. So like the way that I wrote in my, in my essay um, was it, It sort of, it felt like it was a five paragraph essay, like twisted into a personal narrative, like trying its best to like fit into that mold, (laughs) but not, not like achieving that goal super, super well. So yeah, I I guess like, um, I I just actually talk about this a lot with college students too. And um, one thing that you have to write as a college student when you're like applying to internships is... Um, cover letters so it's basically like the personal statement for your for your college essay but it's for uh, like applying to companies and talking about like why you're interested in that company and um, I like I feel like a ton of students get stuck in this mindset of you have to structure it super well you have to sound professional you have to sound smart but at the end of the day like who is reading that essay it's it's just a human being like and if you think about, like, who, if you think about, like, the reader, like, from the reader's perspective, like, what would they want to read? Like, they just want to connect with another human and and feel like, wow, this this person is genuinely going to make, you know, be a good addition to the campus because I can feel that that they're human. Um, that's why companies do interviews, because you need to talk to the person face-to-face and see that they're, you know, that or relate to them as, as another person. So, um when I write, I try to treat it like an interview. Like I try my absolute best to write exactly how I'm talking to you guys right now. Like I I don't write, you know, um, you know, like my the first ever cover letter I wrote, and and <laughs> my college essays sound like this too. It's just very official, lots of vocabulary, but like, like two commas per sentence. Um, just there's lots of like long, just trying to sound smart basically. Um, and I think the more natural approach just to writing how you talk has helped me a lot. Um, and I don't think there's any like particular structure that, that works every time, but in general, just like writing how you talk has helped me become more authentic in my writing and, and even, um, and sometimes I even say, I I read it out loud. So I finished writing my rough draft, And then I I literally read it out loud. And if it doesn't sound like something I would say in real life, then I delete it and I make the sentence more casual and more um, like how I would talk.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of ironic how the most difficult part about college apps and writing essays is being human but (laughs) um, yeah so were there any other very difficult parts that you had to deal with or had to overcome when you were writing essays
1: yeah yeah I feel like um I feel like yeah finding your voice is is definitely probably the hardest one just like sounding authentic I guess another hard part is um talking about uh emotions so uh, like I like a lot of college counselors and um like college essay writer writing counselors like always talk about like how you should tell a story and like effective storytelling always involves emotions and relating to the emotions of the reader and and like a lot of like students try to follow this advice and it becomes very like kind of cheesy like like um um and you start to kind of, you go into this like weird, like storytelling voice where it's like super dramatic. And um, <laughs> I, I I did this, like I'm saying this because I did this on my college essay. Um, and hey, I got into Michigan, but, um, but looking back at it, it is like kind of cringe. I was like, oh gosh, like why did I write like this? Um, so I think like finding a nice balance between um, evoking strong emotions from the reader, but not doing it in a super obvious way, um, is, is, it was definitely a challenge kind of like in movies, right? Like, for example, like Pixar movies, they, they, you know, they always make you cry, but they don't do it in a way that is super obvious. You know, they use imagery and metaphors and, um, do things in like very subtle ways to evoke those emotions. Um, I think that's, it's a, it's a super challenging thing to do
0: yeah definitely i think we all struggle with where the line of um authenticity and evoking emotions is so in general when talking about college apps like in its entirety what do you think is a must know for high schoolers about college application
1: yeah um a must know hmm. yeah i think that it's almost like you have to think of yourself as a brand um think of yourself as like you know you have your personal brand and like like of course there's like tiktokers who have like you know like legit like personal brands and they're like famous or whatever but personal brand doesn't have to mean that you have a huge following it just has to mean like your story is cohesive so um you know all the parts of it fit together um like your, your the classes that you take and the the activities that you do um and your essays like those three things um kind of like all fit in, together into one narrative and it's, it's a little bit, it's like, it's sort of like a game that you play with these colleges. Like, obviously, no high schooler knows what they want to do, like for the rest of their life, and they don't have like this one singular passion. But you kind of have to shape a narrative in a way and, and design a story um, that shows uh, that, that you're interested, give a reason why you're interested in that school. Like, for me, it was environmentalism like all my extracurriculars kind of pointed to that um, from Boy Scouts and like the garden thing in in middle school. And um, and then my essays where I wrote about about those things. Um, So like all of it kind of like pointed in a certain direction. So I think basically, yeah, like have a personal brand and make sure everything is cohesive. And that doesn't mean you have to like do things that you don't like just to like fit into your brand. And like, always be on brand because there's, there's so many ways to like, you know, interpret things um, and, and kind of like fit them into the brand. Um, like for example, if you did, uh, or here, here's an ex- a personal example. Like I took a trip to Nicaragua once and I did a bunch of things in Nicaragua, like I got to go see uh, a prison and I got to see like how life in prison in Nicaragua is and like serve those people. Uh, I, I went to like a children's like feeding uh, service. Um, and I went to like this, um, like this avocado orchard where they where they like, were planting tree avocado trees. And I actually like, you know, I could have talked about any of those things. And maybe the avocado tree thing was like 20% of that trip. But you know, that's what I talked about in my essay, because it relates most to the environment. So you know, in every experience, there's so many different parts of that experience that you can pull from and kind of like integrate into your narrative.
2: Based on what you said, I think it's important to just build experiences um, along the way. So Mm. we we were just curious, did you apply for any schools you knew you wouldn't go to just to see your potential? And if so, would you recommend students do the same?
1: um i don't know i don't know if i would so i didn't do that i applied to cornell because i wanted to go to cornell and i didn't really apply to any other reach schools besides cornell um and and michigan i guess like was sort of a reach depending on like your you know your background but um i think i wouldn't do it with that phrasing like i wouldn't do it just to see your potential um it might i don't know it might give you a, a nice ego boost and that could be nice but like, maybe, maybe you want to do it. I think, I think a lot of the students, like, struggle with just, just confidence. Like, oh, I'm never going to apply to Harvard because there's no way I would get in. Like, if, like if you can afford the application fee, just do it. Like, um, you never know. You definitely never know. And it's the same thing that I tell college students, like, applying to companies. Like, for some reason, some people just cannot fathom the possibility of applying to a huge company and one of my friends like had that mindset and I just told her like well just just do it like I think that you could I think that you could make it and then she got an interview um and she didn't make it to the final round but still like you know she she got an interview and that's that's like you know better than than she expected so um I think that you know just shoot your shot like if you if you know for sure that you don't want to go there then I don't really see a point in applying but if you uh if you're, if you have the attitude of like, oh, I'll, I would never be able to get, get in there anyway, I would say for those ones, definitely just do it.
0: I think like a lot of people feel that way because of how stressful and nerve wracking the process is just like writing the essays, making sure everything is done by the deadline and that might make them want to back out. I'm not sure, but how would you suggest juniors and seniors try to reduce the stress as much as possible and like face it out head on when
1: yeah. Uh, and my advice to like just shoot your shot. I mean, that like personally, I only applied to like seven schools, um, which might seem like a lot for some people. It might seem like not very many for uh, other people. Um, I would say like just do what, just do what feels right to you. Like I, I would say that don't, don't live life with regrets. Like, like, I think Jeff Bezos actually came up with this framework. It's like the regret minimization framework. And he uses that to like make decisions not saying i love jeff bezos or anything but that's like um i think it's a useful framework to think about like um you know in 80 years when i'm on my deathbed if i look back and think um about the decision i made will i regret it and if the answer is yes then just do the opposite thing um so i would say uh i would say that like and it can go both ways right like if you if you decide to apply to the college Uh, if you let's say you uh, you decide to apply to 50 colleges and that takes up like all your time and you have no social life and you're and you're just like grinding and you're in your room all day like um, maybe some people would regret that Um, but maybe you know if you just apply to like three schools and just go to one of them you know some people might regret that too so it's like it depends on like what you care about for me I cared about going to a good school uh, but I didn't care really much about like going to top of the top like Ivy League school uh, like going to Harvard and like all those places like I think there's probably a very slim chance but you know a higher than zero chance that I would get into one of those schools but that wasn't that just wasn't like something I was uh, super interested in and something that um, I feel like I would regret not doing so so I just didn't do it. Um, I applied to one uh, Ivy League uh, target school, um, Cornell, and I applied to Michigan as my mid-range school um, and Penn State and, and Illinois. Um, and then I applied to some backups and I felt like that was enough for me.
2: Those are definitely some very deep thoughts, but taking a turn, we wanted to talk a little bit about college life because like a lot of high schoolers we're very curious about what the next four years of our life are going to be like when we're in college so what's the campus culture of Michigan like
1: yeah yeah kind of like I said before Michigan is so it's so diverse like not just racially diverse but just like different people who have different interests um like there's like it it depends it really depends on where you go on campus like there's a huge partying culture and there's people who just go to football games and drink all day and like if that's your thing then that's great um and then there's people who like study in the library all day and like do are are like super studious and Mm -hmm. like study a ton and like i feel like a lot of pre-med people are like that Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's like the engineers who are like um who who also study a lot but are more i don't know they're into like video games or i don't know what what engineers Mm -hmm. are into like um, and then there's like the business students and they have the reputation of being like snakes and stuff. I don't know. You have all <laughs> these, <laughs> you have all these like different, um, kind of like little niche communities. So I, I would say that it's kind of hard to pin down like what the culture is, but in general, like if you just picked any random Michigan student, I would say that that person's most likely like pretty open-minded, pretty, um, open to new experiences and, um, Gen- generally pretty friendly i think michigan is a pretty um it's like it's in the midwest so like the midwest also has kind of a reputation of being um like friendly compared to the east coast i'm from the east coast so i i feel like i'm allowed mm-hmm. to say that but yeah
0: mm-hmm. i think that something that's really daunting for many high schoolers like including us is like completely like a, a fresh and new start so like what were some challenges you dealt with from when transitioning from high school to college
1: Yeah, I was super scared to change. Like, I had always been a certain way in high school, and I was always like, um, I was always like very quiet in high school. Um, And I didn't—I mean, I had friends, but I wasn't like a popular kid. If that makes sense, like, I didn't go out and um, like—I wasn't in like the clicky groups or anything. I was kind of, you know, I had my my own small group of friends, and um, like, I I think it, it was really scary to imagine um changing so much but in a way it was actually easier to change um as i went to college rather than like changing in high school like becoming a senior in high school after being a junior like you're still you still know the same people and it's kind of scary to to just all of a sudden change like if you want to become more outgoing or um Uh, You know, if you if you've always wanted to, I don't know, get into dancing or whatever, like it's kind of hard to um, just make that pivot because people have these expectations of you that you're you'll you are a certain way. So it was scary moving to a completely new place where I didn't really know anyone else. Um, But it was also liberating at the same time because it felt like it was like a fresh it was like a clean slate. Like I could just I could reinvent myself in a way like be whoever I want. Um, and maybe I I think, um, I was kind of lucky to have that mindset because I, I, sort of built that mindset through, uh, how many times I moved throughout my life. So before moving to college, I had already moved three or four times. Uh, like I lived in Michigan and I moved to Ohio and I moved to Philadelphia. So I had already like been through that whole process of like leaving your friends behind and, uh, trying to keep up with them by just calling and, and texting and stuff so um yeah i I had already been through that process a few times so like for people who've lived in their hometown their whole life it can definitely be like scarier um but yeah i mean it's it's also like an adventure so it's kind of two sides of the same coin Mm
2: -hmm. we may have briefly touched on this in the beginning but we also wanted to know what type of unique opportunities you would say mission offers and that you think specifically would go towards helping you reach your future goals. Like, I guess we're wondering if there are any special um, activities or study abroad programs or anything like that at Michigan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that when you look at all of the top like big state schools, they're all going to have like pretty similar things like they're all going to have good study abroad programs they're going to have good science programs good business school like good like liberal arts and like I, I think they're all somewhat similar um one thing that stood out to me at Michigan is the um is just the the support for entrepreneurship I think we always like somehow get on top of the lists of like best colleges to go to for entrepreneurship or best like entrepreneurship minor programs Uh, there's like a pretty good ecosystem of like incubators and accelerators and investors who like support student startups and student like projects um, and companies so um, yeah that that's really that's been pretty cool Uh, I think that they have a Michigan has a pretty good startup ecosystem Um, Mm -hmm. yeah and but of course like study abroad and all that um, I, I had a really good experience going to Barcelona for study abroad. Um, oh, another thing is that Michigan has this school called the School of Information. Um, in my opinion, I think that's the future. I, think, I feel like information science is like the new computer science in a way. Like, obviously, everyone's going to be like the world is always going to need more like coders and like computer scientists. But um, I, like this, basically, the School of Information at Michigan Teaches you uh, user experience design and data analysis, which is kind of like computer science, but it's a little bit more practical and hands-on, and kind of like forward-looking and looking at the the skills that people will need in the future. A little bit softer skills, a um, little bit more practical than like super deep, um, you know, like machine learning algorithms and stuff. And we're always going to need those people too, of course, but like, I think for most people, uh, just like data analysis and user experience design is going to be much more, uh, is, is a field that I feel like is going to grow a lot in the future. That's just my personal opinion, but I think that Michigan has a good um, school that supports those career paths, if you're interested in that.
0: And we've mentioned some of the things that you're, you're involved in, like in Michigan and as like an extra extracurricular. So uh, I think we talked about a little about like you were a co-founder of TechPod and you started your own podcast, Why Behind X. So would you mind going over some of the ones you think that are most important to you and like elaborating on how you started these?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this summer or this past summer, <laughs> I... um. I was supposed to have an internship in San Francisco, but it got moved to being a remote internship. So I was just at home all summer, um, doing it remotely on my computer, and I was kind of bummed because I like I really wanted to make friends in San Francisco um, and like explore a new city. So instead, I went on LinkedIn um, and just like found friends there. (laughs) I basically I just like made a Slack group uh, for all of the all the the interns at my company at Salesforce and, um, I, uh, yeah. And I just kind of like, I just like networks basically, like I was just on LinkedIn all the time, um, meeting other students and just talking to them and like talking about their internship experiences or their lack of internship experiences and like figuring out what, what they most needed in their, in their job searches, because I felt, no, I guess I felt very fortunate to like have an internship and I wanted to hear like other students' perspectives and like why they weren't able to get an internship and like their their biggest uh, struggles uh, with like job searching. So that led to TechPod. Um, if you think about it like a product, like, I, like those conversations that I had with those students over the summer were basically my like user research. Like I was trying, I was understanding um, the problems that existed for college students. Uh, who are looking for internships. And, um, and and that was like the basis for creating Techpod, which is a newsletter a weekly email newsletter that we send out uh, with free resources to help students get into um, opportunities in the business side of the tech industry. Um, so people who are interested in like business roles, but in the tech industry. Um, and we we run like weekly events also. Um, bringing speakers on to talk about their experiences, how they got into their roles in the business side of the tech industry. Um, so we've grown to over 12,000 email subscribers and uh, we have weekly events. And I, I manage a team of over 20 people uh, with my co-founder. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's, that's TechPod. Um, it just kind of started with meeting people on LinkedIn and now it's, it's this whole thing. So it's been really fun like meeting everyone uh yeah and then the podcast is kind of like my chill thing like (laughs) when I'm not grinding away at at tech pod like like you know making these resources available to students like I'm just I'm just uh the podcast is like my place to like relax and just like talk to interesting people so there isn't like a super strict schedule that I set for myself I also like I co-host it so I I met um, a friend on LinkedIn this summer. Um, and we became friends after meeting each other on LinkedIn and we started the podcast together. So it's called the Why Behind X Pass because we, we interview people who have, who have just an interesting life and career path and ask them, you know, what is the why behind X? You know, what is the why behind what they do? Uh, why do they do it? So uh, it's kind of a way to explore life and like learn, learn from other people's experiences.
2: Yeah, you're definitely involved in a wide range of activities in addition to still being in school. So you, you mentioned that the podcasts are kind of like your chill time or when you got to relax, but are there, how else do you find time in your busy schedule to rest?
1: Yeah, yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny that I say like podcast is my chill, my chill time, because some people would think of that as work also, and I guess it is kind of work, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean just like complete chill. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm just like anyone else. Like I I sit on the couch and like watch five hours of YouTube sometimes. <laughs> and like for, for me, I think going out on walks has been like really important, especially because of quarantine and COVID. Like mm-hmm. just like sitting inside all day can just make I don't know, it just like kills your mindset. It just makes everything feel gray and like um yeah, like just not just not nice so i i always try to go on a walk at least every day um and like try even try to like work out outside too or just go for a run uh get some sunlight um sounds super basic but it's like it's so important it's it's helped me so much with just like my mindset and just mental health and like taking a break from things uh, it's, i think of it as like a mini vacation
0: mm-hmm. And through your journey, like building startups and kind of organizing your time, did you ever work towards something that you realized wasn't really worth it and had to make like a difficult decision of giving up?
1: Oh, that's a good question, yeah. So um, I'm the kind of person who has has a really hard time saying no to things. Like I see something that's that looks fun to do and I just like do it. And this is good because it helps me to, you know, chase things that I'm passionate about. But it's also bad because uh, then I like sort of overload myself with too many things to do. And then I have to figure out what to drop. So um, I guess an example of that would be like recently I I tried to do this new grad uh, community. Like I I really wanted to build community for people who like recently graduated college because I'm about to graduate in a year uh, or in a semester. And I, I wanted to create like a community of like how I created TechPod, which is a community for students primarily. Um, but I felt like there needs to be an online community for new grads as well. And I got really excited about the projects, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have like this. This needs to be done because um, because I I would love doing it. I would have fun. Uh, it would help a lot of people, and it would just be like a great way to meet more people. And like all those things are true, but like. it would would take away from the things that um that you're doing right now and it gets more complicated when you involve other people so let's say so I don't I don't like have a co-founder or a team for the new grad club thing which is fortunate because now I don't have to like I don't have to disappoint anyone when I say all right never mind I'm going to drop this project but um so it was pretty easy to just drop that once I realized um you know, I'm working on TechPod, like the team is kind of like depending on me. So I I need to like commit to TechPod. Um, But I I would say and this might be a little bit controversial, but I think that if someone, even if you have to let someone down and discipline someone, um, I would say that sometimes it's okay to do that i think in life like you're always going to disappoint someone uh you're always going to be disappointing people like all the time um in varying degrees um so i think even if i had started new grad club like with another person i think it would be you know for it's always just a balancing act like i would have to take responsibility for that but i think you know doing like five things um at like a mediocre level versus like doing one or two things like really well i would much rather do like the one or two things really well um so sometimes you have kind of have to make sacrifices Um, ideally obviously you just don't start too many things uh that you know you can't commit to but once you've gotten to that point where you can't go back um i think sometimes it's best to like uh prioritize yourself (laughs) basically
2: So yeah, that's definitely, I think high schoolers really need to work on committing to a few things that they are truly passionate about. And you also did mention that you'll be graduating in a semester. What do you think has kept you going on your educational journey?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like earlier on in college, it was actually a huge struggle to just find any motivation to do anything, Uh, like freshman year especially and I guess even sophomore year, a little bit. Um, I actually started out as a computer science major, which maybe had something to do with the lack of motivation. Like I just didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, I was kind of doing it because I had always been told that I was good at math and science. So I was like, okay, I'll just do computer science. Um, And I had zero motivation that year. Like freshman year, I just didn't get my homework done sometimes. Um, there would be stretches of time where I would just like be on social media on YouTube and like not doing anything uh, just like struggling to even like get out of bed and um, uh, yeah I don't I really don't know what it was I think something just like clicked where I figured out I just got like excited about things Um, I just got excited about um, like other topics like besides school that that, that actually helped me to try harder in school it sounds kind of counterintuitive but like like sophomore year is when i found just like e-commerce and online business and i was super passionate about that um and it it kind of like pushed me to to be like oh wow like you know after there's there's more to life after education like i'm not just going to be in school like learning stuff all my life, you know, you can actually do stuff with this. Um, and yeah, I think finding e-commerce and like building my own business uh, helped me to find that motivation and just kind of like grind through school, even if I didn't really enjoy it a ton. Um, and eventually I switched my major to econ and, and that that was like a better fit for me. But yeah, finding, finding those things outside of school, actually, in a weird way, helped me to um, find the motivation, to just keep plowing through uh, assignments and exams and stuff
0: yeah and we thought a good way to end this interview was to ask you what are some final words of advice you have or anything you wish someone had told you when you were going through this entire process mm,
1: yeah i would say that um uh we've said the word passion a couple times in this in this interview but i would say that passion is sort of overrated um i think that there's always like that question of like what are you passionate about but i think passions are like so malleable like they can change over time and you can just enjoy something like you don't have to be passionate about it like i would say that i enjoy building community online but i don't know if i'm going to be doing that my whole life um so i think there's a lot of pressure to find your passion but i would say that as a high school student and even as a college student and even as like a 30 year old, I think I don't know if I'm gonna find like exactly like one thing that I'm passionate about in, you know, when I'm 30 years old. And I think that's fine. I think you just kind of like do what do what seems fun at the moment, do what uh will give you future opportunities. Um and yeah, that's kind of my approach.
2: That's definitely something I think a lot of high schoolers should probably hear early on. Well, thank you so much, Joseph. We had a wonderful time with you today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in and stay tuned for our next interview.